Hi FM, 101.9 megahertz of life. Hey there, are you sick and tired of feeling sick and tired? Join Adol Kozilski and Fagy Stern as they explore ways to reverse chronic illness and achieve vibrant health. Your health is your only wealth and together we can be better. Hashtag healthy you, wealthy you. Morning, morning to all our High FM listeners and morning, Faggy. Good morning, Adol. Good to see you. I'm really excited to about too. today, by the way, just to let you know, because we've been involved in this discussion from the beginning and we started off with a gut. So definitely looking exactly. forward to hearing all the information about us. If there is any place, all of you out there, any place <laughs> where you will feel sick and tired is when your gut is not functioning properly. We know from... Uh, much literature that is you know passed on by social media and through various different places that our gut is our second brain maybe some of us have our first brain in there too okay <laughs> we might think for ourselves but certainly our gut affects everything about us it affects our immune system it affects our mental health it affects so much of of who we are and we cannot as you've correctly said uh Faggy, emphasize over and over again Get your gut right, and you'll probably get a lot right in your life. And so we're super excited that today we're bringing back Mary Ann Shearer. She is a, a well-known personality. She, she herself was plagued for many years with ill health, and she embarked on a personal quest for a common sense approach to health and well-being. And that's what we're going to do. We're going to be having a common sense discussion and uh, talk about responsible medicine, how we ourselves can heal who we are just by simply what we eat and how we behave. We'd love you to join the discussion. 34519 is our SMS line. 061-895-1019 is our telegram number. A reminder to all our listeners that if you'd like to join our WhatsApp group, Faggy and I just drop a little bit of motivation every single day on various aspects of our health that are really within our hands. Of course, as always, everything we talk about is educational and you need to go under a medical practitioner if you are dealing with ill health. But this is a program to hopefully open your mind that there is a... This is the Healthy You, Wealthy You show with Adol Kosilski and Faggy Stern. King Solomon wrote that for everything there is a season, a time for every activity under heaven. Our lives are governed by time and time is fundamental to Jewish life and observances. If you don't yet have your High FM 2 year 2022 and 2023 calendar, you need to get it now. It has all the information you need to live life as a Jew. Shabbat times, communal candle lighting times, holy days and holidays, fasts, special Shabbats, days of significance, even the school holidays, all on one calendar. Get your High FM two-year calendar at the Kolal Bookshop and post at Glen Hazel. Don't waste time. Go now. Without further ado, good morning. Good morning, Mary Ann. Good morning to you all. Always Good morning, Marianne, and welcome. Thank you so much. Always great to be here. And we really, really appreciate you giving of your time. And today we're going to discuss, well, for sure, as you heard before, mine and Faggy's favorite topic, our gut. I'm sure it's yours too, no? 
Well, it, it is because I love this quote, actually. Joseph Conrad said, you can't ignore the importance of good digestion. The joy of life depends on a sound stomach. And, and in fact, it is. I mean, <clears throat> you get a sore stomach, you just life's not worth living. It's, it just makes you miserable. You see people with digestive tracts, it's very hard, uh, digestive issues. It's very hard for them to kind of have an attitude of gratitude because you're just totally focused on this digestive tract, whether it's, you know, painful or it's working too much or not working at all, whether it's constipation, diarrhea, it doesn't matter. And it's been fascinating in the last couple of years to see how the gut bacteria has become so important. For years, people would say, um, you know, I can feel it in my gut. I didn't feel good about it in my gut, or I just felt this in my gut. <clears throat> and we've never really thought about what it is, but now scientists have actually shown that you've got more neural cells in your digestive tract that you actually have in your brain. And that's fascinating. But those neural cells are connecting with the brain. So there's these messages going on between the brain and the gut all the time. And so when we say we feel it in our gut, it's actually now referred to as our second brain because there's such a powerful connection between the brain and the gut. And if we look at some of the research, I mean, I'm looking at some here, there's quite a bit talking about gut improves uh let me just have a look at this one here uh university of alberta faculty of medicine says they followed more than 4400 infants from a child cohort study and basically what they found was that um when the gut bacteria composition was high in the bac uh, the bacteriodetus at, at age one year they found to be more advanced in cognition and language skills a year later so somehow the gut bacteria being high and in the right balance actually improves cognitive and language skills in kids and i mean that's like seems bizarre but this is published in recognized medical journals and then we've got well, you know studies that show that um, it's believed to be the gut bacteria. Uh, this is the University of Würzburg. Certain metabolites of bacteria from the intestine make immune cells more aggressive as a new study conducted, showing that um, the gut bacteria are important with things like improving cancer therapy. So we know that when the gut bacteria are balanced and in the right quantities and in the and, and, and basically balanced, that your immune system functions more efficiently. And then we've got a study showing at the Posture Institute, Posture Institute, showing that a depression is a mental disorder affecting more than 264 million people of all ages worldwide. Wow. It's a huge problem. And they're saying that understanding its mechanism is vital for the development of, of the mechanism of bacteria therapeutic strategies. What they found was that a study showed an imbalance in the gut bacterial community can cause a reduction in some metabolites resulting in depressive-like behaviors. So we know now that it could, it's a, it can affect our, our mental capabilities, it affects our immune system, and it affects our, um, and it affects depression, mental health. It's important for mental health. So, and then we take a look at, uh, hold on, this one here which is a study done at the University of Missouri in Columbia, which shows that obstructive sleep apnea is a chronic sleep condition affecting more than 1 billion people worldwide. Wow. 
And what sure. they found evidence suggests that it can alter the gut microbiome and promote uh, OSA, that's obstructive sleep apnea, as comorbidities. But basically what they're saying is that when the gut bacteria is in balance and they take the friendly bacteria and they, they did studies on mice, they transplanted into, into the, gut, the gut of the mice, they found that the sleep patterns change. So basically, we don't need to be transplanting gut bacteria. We can actually just take it in tablet form if you need it. I know there's one I use called Florafood, which is amazing. You take that and it just corrects your gut bacteria. But the, the problem very often is not having just correcting the gut bacteria, because if you're doing things that to upset the gut bacteria, then it's kind of defeating the object of continually putting gut bacteria into your digestive tract. If your gut is in a healthy condition, you would need to take something like natural friendly bacteria as a once-off thing and then your body would be stable and your gut bacteria would multiply and everything would start working properly. So we've got to look at our nutritional behavior and our habits and the things we do. We don't realize that just drinking chlorinated water out of a tap could upset your back back gut bacteria to the point where you may not be able to produce natural vitamin b12 which means your central nervous system is not going to work the way that it should so chlorine can cause that because chlorine is a sterilizing agent and it's in water to kill bacteria which is what it does in your gut it actually kills friendly bacteria so it can totally throw out your gut bacteria and that could end up causing sleep problems depression immune problems and mental problems that's just some of the problems it may cause so we don't realize something is, is just like like simple as that. And, you know, you can't very well say, well, don't go putting the chlorine in the water because there's so much fecal matter, particularly in South Africa in our water, that you have to put something in to destroy the fecal matter because people live on rivers and they use the rivers as their bathrooms and or they their bathrooms are very close to the river and whatever comes out of the human body will go into the river when it rains. So it's very important that our water is sterilized. So what do we do? You can drink bottled water, that's very expensive, but you can also filter your water. Filtered A good quality water filter will actually filter the chlorine completely out and a good water filter has usually has some silver and it has charcoal in it and all those are natural sterilizing agents. So you could filter your water straight out of the ground yourself and, and I think that if we updated our filtration systems in South Africa and put lots more filtration systems in local areas, we probably wouldn't need to put chlorine in the water at all because it is a problem. It causes that not everybody can afford to filter their water or buy bottled water, for example. So getting the chlorine out of your water is a good thing. Chlorine in a swimming pool changed to a salt-based swimming pool or a natural pool would be a better thing because kids do swallow well, the water in the pool. Uh, I was just about to say, we don't really drink the water in our pool, but yes, kids do just swallow yeah, lines. kids do. <laughs> Kids and showering do. and it's bathing pretty, it's, in the chlorine, does that also make a difference? Uh, showering and bathing, unless you're actually drinking, kids will drink the shower water, but adults usually don't. You keep your mouth shut, you should be fine. We do know chlorine <laughs> dries out the skin, but we're talking about the gut right now. So you can put a filtration system in your own home with the water coming straight from the municipal source into your home that gets all the chlorine out. So you're actually bathing and showering in chlorine-free water. You do find your garden responds better to filtered water as well. Chlorine is, it upsets the friendly bacteria everywhere. In the garden, the bacteria that help our plants and our, and our gardens grow. Mm -hmm. So I think that's a starting place. We've got to be very cautious Absolutely. with antibiotics. If I can just 
yeah. just before we get on to antibiotics and before we go okay. for a little bit of a break, an interesting thing happened to my family. We went down to KwaZulu-Natal in December. Now, we don't drink uh, water from the tap. We, we we get bottled water. We've got, you know, we've got a filter and we, all of us are like that. And while we were there, like, I, I kind of bemoaned, I said to them, you know how many five liters of, of bottled water I have to give? You know, let's, it's okay, we can drink the bottle, we can drink the water from the tap. And I can tell you categorically, over 13 people, we all had stomach issues, we all felt terrible, we went through waves of nausea, some of us had diarrhea, or just gut, and we eventually, like, were saying, what's going on? Did we all have a bug? But you can't have a bug for two weeks. We eventually worked out that it was indeed the water. So there definitely is a lot to be said about that. If you'd like to join this conversation, 34519 is our SMS line, 061-895-1019, our telegram number. This is 101.9 High FM. This is the Healthy You, Wealthy You show with Adol Kosilski and Fagy Stern. And we have a listener who just went and said, yes, my gut says to my brain, feed me. Well, Carol, I think that our gut says that to us all the time. But yeah, hopefully today we will, uh, we will talk more about how we can um, help your gut in a real way. Um, there is, just before we go on to antibiotics, uh, Carol also did say that, you know, bottled water is expensive. What about what about boiling water? Would that help if if you can't afford a filtration system or you can't afford bottled water? Would boiling the water make a difference, uh, Marianne? Boiling water kills bacteria in the water, so it would kill if there was water in there, and it doesn't necessarily get rid of chlorine. Some people feel that boiling the water for an extended period of time, the chlorine would sort of boil off into the atmosphere, but there's no guarantee of that. Uh, and it, mm. boiling water is better than not boiling it. But if you take into account how much it's going to cost you to boil your water, you may find that it's not a bad idea. I've seen some filtration systems that cost 5,000 Rand that you put into your home. Now, I think that's a lot of money. But let's say you put that over your credit card and you paid it off over a period of like a year. I think the filtration filter system to replace is 200 Rand a year. And then it's not expensive. So if you had to, you know, pay that off over a year, it's probably going to cost you, you know, a couple of hundred rand every month. Or, and and if you think of it, what is boiling your water costing you? It's electricity that you're using. So it's not necessarily free. Um, so I would kind of try and work out the the logistics or the 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 finances of what it's actually costing you, and then the the, the chances of having gut problems and now having to go and take medication or having to go and see a doctor all of that costs money so you've got to take that into account and find out is what is and and the thing is when water filtration systems that you plumb into your houses first came out they were tens of thousands of rands now they're coming down and they're actually very affordable for most people Mm. um so either way just get a you know a little small loan or put it on a credit card or you know, ask them if you can pay it off. But that's one of the ways to do it. Otherwise, you can get, I'll tell you what's very reasonably priced. It's actually getting hold of activated charcoal. Now, activated charcoal yes. is an interesting one because you can actually, we actually get it from macadamia hulls. And you literally take this little bag. We've got it in our shop. You take the bag and it costs you, I think it's like 70 or 80 rand. And honestly, that can last you a year. So what you do is you activate it yourself. You boil it for 10 minutes. 
and then you pop this into a bottle and you into a little tapping bottle or a big bottle like five liter bottle for example you fill that up with water at night and it takes about eight hours to get rid of all the chlorine and any bacteria and any other thing that's not supposed to be in there and you do that so it's just a kind of very primitive way of filtering your water and we use it in our school our kids in our school have one of those bottles in each of the classrooms we fill them up at night and in the water morning there's a good five liters for each classroom and so you what you do is every two weeks you boil that little bag for 10 10 minutes to reactivate well, it. there you go and that's, that lasts that's, for that's ages that's very very yeah. yeah that's very reasonable yeah okay let's get on to antibiotics what does antibiotics do to our gut well the word anti is against and biotic is life what it does antibiotics destroy good and bad bacteria so if you've got a tummy bug for example from drinking bad water and you go and put antibiotics in very often it can upset it even more it does do that with some people and i've met people who've had antibiotic after antibiotic and they're just lying in bed one woman is lying in bed with diarrhea for three months and nothing was helping her and she just thought this is it i'm like in my early 50s i'm going to die and literally within days of changing her diet and changing what she was doing, her stomach just was three days and her stomach stopped and she's gone on to be ex exceptionally healthy. The process lost 30 kilograms and she, she was up and out of bed within three days, whereas lying in bed and seeing, and I'm not saying doctors are bad, but what we do is we don't take responsibility for our health. We don't, we just like go and present our body to the doctor and say, I've got an ache over here and I've got a headache in my stomach and my... And doctors are really busy people. They've got they've, they've got usually got waiting rooms full of people. So you know you're lucky if you get even ten minutes in the rooms. And so yeah. what's happened over time is the overuse and abuse of antibiotics. And, and the, sadly, it's because people actually demand the antibiotics. I need an antibiotic. Just give me an antibiotic. And the, and the, and so we we take antibiotics on a regular basis some people will take an antibiotic every month literally every couple of weeks they're on another antibiotic and you will totally upset your friendly bacteria so the best thing to do is to take something um to settle the digestive tract and very often people will go and take medication that'll just clog up their bowels with diarrhea for example the best thing i've ever found is a combination of herbs a fantastic product that I use is called Herbal Fiber Blend. You take that, doesn't taste very nice. You put a teaspoon or two in a very tall glass of water and you drink one glass of water if it's diarrhea and if it's constipation, you drink two glasses of water. It was developed by a nurse because her husband died of colorectal cancer and she wanted to help other people's bowels work properly. So one of the ways to do that is to take a combination of natural herbs that are not, it's not a laxative, so you're not dependent on it. It regulates your bowels and it's got water-soluble fiber to feed your friendly bacteria. And that comes to something as well. And then, oh, you've got to reintroduce the friendly bacteria. So you need a good quality uh, supplement that you could take that contain, and I, I like flora food because it contains human bacteria. A lot of these bacteria, and it was, originally extracted from a newborn baby's mouth a healthy newborn baby's mouth the bacteria and it's been cultured and cultured for over 40 years so so you put the friendly human bacteria you don't want to take bacteria that's from a cow's stomach or a sheep's stomach or any other stomach it needs to be from humans where the the gut is balanced and that settles that can reintroduce so if you do have had antibiotics you do need to be on a good probiotic not only while you're on it because every dose you're taking is destroying the probiotic that you're taking you need to take it for about a month after you've been on a on a on, a, on an antibiotic do, very do, important and then not to just take it willy-nilly 
Do you suggest yeah. to stay on probiotics all the time? That's the first question. And another listener is saying, please ask Marianne, when is the best time to take a probiotic? In the morning or at night? It, it's it's in a, it, it's probably better to take it in the morning first thing because your stomach's empty and you don't have food residue. You shouldn't have it if you're eating properly. If you're taking it at night, it's kind of in there with the leftovers or whatever meal you ate. So probably in the morning. Some people like to take one three times a day. It really only depends on the brand. I know with floral food, you take one a day and that's all you need first thing in the morning. Um, at the end of the day, living on it, there's no need to do that because your friendly bacteria, once you've introduced the friendly bacteria, unless you're eating really badly and you're not prepared to change your diet, then you're going to have to live on it. People that eat large quantities of onion and garlic, for example, can end up with their bacterial imbalance. They end up with a lot of gas and discomfort, and that's because raw onion and garlic contain natural antibiotics. And an antibiotic, whether it's in medicine or in a plant, is going to do the same thing. It can destroy your friendly bacteria and cause an imbalance. And when you have an, an imbalance, it's not just your mind and depression and sleep and your immune system, but a whole lot of things are unbalanced. You can't make a lot of the B vitamins and the B vitamins are essential for your central nervous system and your brain to work properly. And so that makes sense that when they're out of balance, your brain can be affected. And things that, that destroy your friendly bacteria from a dietary perspective, even alcohol will do it. Alcohol is a natural sterilizing agent. It made me laugh because during the whole COVID thing, everybody's going around spraying their hands, killing their friendly bacteria. And a lot of people ended up with lots of um, eczema and rashes and their skin's got tough and hard. And it's, mm. And that's why I've said to people, try and use something that's got essential oils that's, that are proven to be naturally anti antiseptic, but don't destroy your skin in the process. But the interesting thing is that we're spraying alcohol on our hands to kill our friendly bacteria. Our, our bacteria. We have friendly bacteria on our skin as well that keeps our skin healthy. But we, we're doing this. And then we'll drink alcohol and not realize that alcohol is sterilizing your digestive tract. So if you have a glass of wine every day, I would say you'd have to take an, a, a probiotic every every single morning, first thing in the morning. Anytime you're consuming alcohol, I would make sure that you are having a probiotic for at least, if it's once a month, then I would for the next week or two take a probiotic. But if you drink a glass of something that's got alcohol in it, I would say you then, yes, you have to live on probiotics and take one every single day because you're just going to have this continual imbalance because you sterilize what is the difference track. what is the difference between a probiotic and a prebiotic okay probiotic contains the actual bacteria that your digestive tract needs prebiotic feeds your friendly bacteria and so things like aloe vera feed it uh, all water-soluble fiber, which you find in every single fruit. And it's one of the reasons why people, I say to people, you have to eat fruit, not only for the, the natural um, um, carbohydrates, the natural sugar that's needed for your central nervous system and your brain to function efficiently, but you have to eat fruit because it contains your best source of water-soluble fiber. And water-soluble fiber feeds your friendly bacteria in your gut. So very often people don't eat fruit because they don't like it's messy. or And then I just say, look, just put it in the blender and make a smoothie and drink it then. But you need the fiber in the fruit in your digestive tract to keep your, your gut healthy. So you could say that eating fresh fruit is going to help prevent things like depression because it feeds your friendly bacteria. It's going to help you sleep better, help your immune system. All of this is so linked. And so we can't just like separate it and say, oh, there's just the gut bacteria there because our entire lifestyle affects what we 
are doing. If we are eating mainly processed and refined foods, that's going to upset your friendly bacteria. If you don't want to change your diet, then you're going to have to live on probiotics. So really probiotics living on them, you would have to do if your um you don't want to make any changes to your dietary habits and your lifestyle. Majority uh, of the time when you go to a dietitian, they'll tell you to stick to only two fruit a day. That's very sad. And I don't know where they get that information because if you actually look at the research that's published in recognized journals, I mean published research, not made up stuff and not stuff you read in a magazine. Published research shows very, very clearly that the people that consume the most um, fruit are the ones with the best functioning immune systems, the best mental health. Uh, they're also the people that you find have the best skins. They also find that people that eat the most fruit have more stable weight because you're not going to crave chocolates and candy and soft drinks and all kinds of things like that. You're not going to be drinking. You also don't, you find the more fruit you eat, the less likely you are to crave alcohol. And I've actually dealt with several alcoholics where we've increased the amount of fruit in their diet to the point where they're eating like five to 11 pieces of fruit, a fruit breakfast with nuts and seeds and fruit snacks in between and fruit before lunch and fruit before supper. And it really just could give their cells the right glucose and then they stop craving alcohol. I've seen people's lives turned around because they're eating more fruit in their lives. It's quite amazing to actually see. Uh, so, I always uh, say that my, my, B, my B vitamin shot is like my, my antidepressant. Your B vitamins are made by your natural gut bacteria. And so if you keep your natural gut bacteria healthy, then you don't need your, your B shots at all. You don't need them at all because you're getting all the B vitamins. You're not only making them, but you get most of those B vitamins and all your fruit and vegetables in some form or another. Um, but your gut actually makes, I think it's B1, B3, B6, and B12, your gut actually makes. And they what I found so fascinating, though, when it came to, when it came to the gut is that um, when it's the bad bacteria or the good bacteria that's actually sending messages to your brain of what you want to eat. So the bad bacteria will tell you to go and eat that, that muffin, that cake, that cookie, because that's what it needs to survive versus the, the good bacteria will tell you to eat the fruit, the vegetable or the healthy food. You know, when it comes to candida, the candida is also sending messages to your brain because it, it needs to survive. It needs that kind of carbohydrate or sugar to survive. Uh, that's an interesting concept. Candida actually lives in our gut all the time. It's not necessarily a bad organism. It's only bad when it's multiplied and got out of hand. So it's like that with any of the gut bacteria. If they're out of balance, you actually get sick. It's not that they're necessarily bad bacteria in your digestive tract. It's imbalanced. So you've got to get the balance back. And the balance back is what makes creates that balance. How, how do you measure that balance? You can't measure it, and that's what we call reductionist way of approaching things. We want to measure things. It's like um, um, I'm laughing because I remember this woman saying she can't breastfeed her baby because she can't see how much milk they're getting, and she needs to know exactly how many mils he gets. And it's the same. You know that you've got enough when your gut is balanced, when there's no gas and inflammation and you, your health, where you're living in that sweet spot where everything's working properly, but you know that your gut is balanced if you're having very comfortable bowel movements, for example, and your stool is not thicker than your forefinger, then you know that there's not a problem in that area that usually shows your gut bacteria. If you, your bowel movements are regular between one and three times a day, usually after a meal, it stimulates that peristaltic movement and you get rid of whatever was in the colon, not your meals as such. It's usually get rid of it every 24 hours. And a way to know how you, how regulated your bowels are is to eat some beetroot or some corn 
corn off the cob, for example, or corn on the cob, and then you can see usually within 24 hours that is out. If it's longer than that, then your gut is out of balance and you probably find your gut bacteria. Constipation can be a result of gut bacteria out of balance. Diarrhea can be a, 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 a result of gut bacteria out of balance because your, your friendly gut bacteria, when they're in balance, they can just destroy any bad bacteria. It's So say, for example, you go and drink something that's got you know, or you go to a restaurant and you eat something that's slightly off and you get diarrhea, your friendly bacteria will help to correct that quicker mm-hmm. uh, if your gut is I want to give a shout balance. out here because I, just on, on this whole thing, I want I, I want to make two comments and, and, and you can tell me if I'm right or wrong. Like yeah. two things. When I, I was speaking to somebody the other day, I, obviously they had a virus or something like that and, and one of the consequences was diarrhea. And they said, I, I need to go to the pharmacy, pharmacy now. I need to go get some like Imodium or something. And I said to them, why are you doing that? Your body is telling you that there's something wrong and it's trying to eliminate it. Why are you blocking it up? And I think that that is such a like, like a, an inverted way of thinking. That's the one thing. And you can comment on that. And the other is that people don't realize that you have to go to the bathroom every single day. I, I met a woman and she went, wow, she says, I used to go to, to the bathroom maybe three, four times a, a week. You know, I didn't understand that constipation was a bad thing for me. Can you make comment to those two, two aspects? Well, I'll start with the constipation. It's actually quite frightening. I've met people that haven't been to the bathroom for two weeks. And oh, I, I would I would feel, I mean, you feel so uncomfortable if you just, you know, if it, you don't go first thing in the morning, I feel uncomfortable. And your body is designed to actually empty itself. In fact, you find when you wake up in the morning, your body temperature goes up and you can feel it. And you actually get this feeling like I need to get out of my bed. And that's when you need to empty your bowels and your bladder. So your body has this natural mechanism. And if it's not doing that, you're just sitting with waste products and you keep removing water from the, the gut and then you end up being constipated and you can end up with tears. I mean, colorectal cancer is the most common form of cancer in westernized countries, so it's a big problem. So, so yeah, we and, and as far as diarrhea on the other extreme and taking something for it to try and stop it, it's it's we've got this mindset that we need to treat the symptom and not the cause. And so we need to... Mm go back and say, well, why do I have diarrhea exactly like you say? Your body's saying there's something in here that's not good. I'm going to get it out of here. The best thing you do, people panic. They think they have to eat every five minutes. But in fact, the body is very natural for us to fast. I mean, you look at the, the in, in, in the Bible and, and the whole nation of Israel, for example, would, would fast. I think of... Uh, King Jehoshaphat when they all fasted when those three enemies were coming together in the valley and and they were told to fast for three days it was just a normal thing but these days it's so difficult to fast because we're addicted to you know alcohol sugar caffeine all these things so if you fast you suddenly have terrible withdrawal symptoms but if you're healthy and you fast it's you just feel fine so when you've got diarrhea the best thing you can do is just drink fluid and you can take a natural um, drink. Um, there are things that you can do to rehydrate your body. Um, in absolute desperation, there's a ratio that you can take of just plain sugar and salt and water that will rehydrate you. But I like to take something called Peak Endurance because it puts all those natural minerals back. But you can find anything that you're comfortable with. So you rehydrate yourself and you eat null per mouth. I mean, if you go into the hospital with diarrhea, they're going to put something above your bed saying null per mouth while they may have you on a on a drip to try and prevent you getting dehydrated. So the big thing with diarrhea is don't eat. Your body needs to sort something out. And then when it's settled down and you haven't had any 
diarrhea for you know several hours or even two or three hours and you're feeling your appetite come back you need to listen to your body and eat but it's very natural and normal for the body to be able to fast for at least three days and i've never known somebody with diarrhea to need to fast that long it's normally just don't eat for the day and usually by supper time they're able to eat till the following morning and it's absolutely fine keep your blood sugar stable Drinking grape juice, if you get 100% pure grape juice, that's a natural electrolyte, you can drink that, and it keeps your blood sugar very stable. Um, so there it's you an have easy it. thing there's, to deal with. Yeah. Exactly what you've just said, right? So just to sum that up, if you have diarrhea, you know, support your body, um, and exactly that, I think I had that stomach bug, I stopped eating for 24 hours, I just drank, and it dissipated. This is 101.9 High FM. This is the Healthy You, Wealthy You show with Adol Kosilski and Fagy Stern. Well, question, questions are coming in uh, fast and furious. Um, one question, another question from our listeners is, if you have insulin resistance, is it still a good idea to eat lots of fruit? Yes, it is, because the kind of sugar that is in fruit is not going to cause insulin resistance. It actually helps to regulate it. Fruit sugar in its natural form, if you go and even if you take fructose out of fruit, it's still stable on the blood sugar compared to sucrose, for example. When we understand insulin resistance and we understand diabetes, any blood sugar problems don't come from necess- they don't come from eating fruit and fruit doesn't affect them at all and in fact the studies actually show that that they found that diabetics for example that eat a lot of uh, fresh fruit actually help to stabilize their blood sugar and then they can use a lot less insulin when we have insulin resistance it's an endocrine disorder and when we're dealing with the endocrine system your lack of exercise will cause can cause insulin resistance. Refined and processed sugars and carbohydrates, a high-protein diet can cause it because it can damage the endocrine system. Um, your endocrine system is, is, is very intricately linked. A high-protein diet affects the thyroid, and that can affect the whole endocrine system, and your thyroid controls your bowels. So you may find you're constipated because your thyroid's not working properly because you're on a high-protein diet, which is a very common common side effect depression and a high protein diet are common side effects and it's one of the things that we also i'm going a little bit off track but just thinking about it um animal animals are treated with antibiotics to increase their growth it makes them grow faster and to get rid of any foreign bacteria in them that to infect humans but in the process when we eat things like chicken and fish well not necessarily fish but chicken and meat some fish if it's if it's farmed fish can have the same thing you eating antibiotics in your food. So you've got to know that your source is a good source of chicken that is completely not free range. That's not enough. It has to be a completely organic chicken that ran around outside and was never given an antibiotic. And yes, you'll pay more, but you don't have to eat animal products to be healthy. And you certainly don't have to eat them every day. Once or twice a week would be enough. <clears throat> so can, can you talk culture. a little bit to, can you talk a little bit to, because we, always we never have enough time. No. <laughs> so I want to make my gut more healthy. Give me a diet. What am I eating from the moment I wake up to the moment I go to sleep? What is a suggested good diet that will start, you know, reintroducing, like help, helping the good bacteria to grow, getting rid of the bad? that question also, Adel, is what do we have to, like what imbalances do we have to correct in order, to the, in order for the food to help correct the issues? Okay, so... The first thing you've got to start with is we know that the, the food that helps the gut work the best is whole food, 
and plant food. So it's got to be whole, natural, unprocessed foods. So at least 75 to 80% of your diet needs to be plant-based. And in fact, if we look at the power plate from the Physicians Committee for Responsible Medicine in Washington, D.C., which they got the American government to change it, they divide the plate into four. And they say a quarter of that should be fresh fruit, a quarter of it should be fresh veggies, a quarter of it should be legumes, and a quarter of it should be whole grains. Now, in the legume section, you can have some animal products. It needs to be uh, organic with no antibiotics in it. It shouldn't be more than 10% of your calorie value, which is not bigger than the size of the palm of your hand, not more than three times a week. That'll give you about 5 to 10%. That'll help with things like a cancer of the colon, for example. So we need the food that helps your gut to stay in balance and keeps your gut healthy is mainly plant food, uh, as much fresh and raw as possible. But if you've got a digestive problem and you go and eat a whole lot of salads with huge amounts of fiber, for example, in it, or you eat the skins of an apple, so if you've got a digestive problem or disease or condition, it could initially make it worse. And so if you've got an actual uh, inflammation, for example, of the bowels, or you've got chronic diarrhea, going and eating a whole lot of fruit and vegetables is not going to help you in that condition. So then you need to go whole food and things like sweet potatoes. So we're not going to look at the diseases as such, but we look at <clears throat> what's going to keep you healthy. So for example, I recommend that people eat at least one meal a day that contains fruit and maybe a handful of nuts or seeds. So I would have a smoothie for breakfast because that's when people, if people don't eat enough natural glucose at the start of the day, they crave sweet things all day long. So if you have your fruit in the morning, it stabilizes your blood sugar. You're getting the right friendly bacteria to get in there and actually feed your friendly bacteria. It's also stabilizing your blood sugar. It's correcting things like insulin resistance because you've got that water-soluble fiber and the insoluble fiber. And I would put a handful of raw nuts or seeds with that, <clears throat> just a tight fist for per person. And that helps to give you protein, uh, a good quality protein. And then I would, uh, snacks in between, focus on fresh fruits and vegetables. Um, I could eat, you know, dried tomatoes that I put my herb salt on them <clears throat> or a little bit of chili salt. My husband loves that. And we'll chew that as a savory snack between meals instead of eating something like biltong. Biltong has got no fiber in it whatsoever. I know it looks sinewy, but there's no fiber. It will contribute to constipation. It doesn't feed your friendly bacteria, and it's definitely had antibiotics unless it's organic meat. So you can eat dried mushrooms. You can eat dry fresh mushrooms. You can eat tomatoes. You can eat apples. You can eat grapes. Those would be your snacks in between your meals. Um, and then for lunch, for example, you could have a baked potato and a big fresh salad. Or you could have some nuts and seeds and a big fresh salad. Or you can have more fruit. You don't have to only have fruit once a day. If you're having chicken or fish, for example, then you would have organic chicken or fish, a portion not bigger than the size of the palm of your hand, and some vegetables and some salad. Depends on what's convenient for you. And then, again, snacks would be fresh fruit preservative-free dried fruit, that type of thing. Your dinner could be a portion of carbohydrates or protein. And here's the big thing. People don't realize that they're eating a concentrated carbohydrate like a potato and a concentrated protein like nuts or seeds or fish or chicken or meat. If you eat that together at the same meal, you're actually standing in a line to end up with gut problems. Because the pH, does that, that the ideal pH for your uh, starches to digest is a pH of four and above. And you check Garten's medical physiology tells you this. You need a pH of four and above for ideal starch digestion or carbohydrate digestion. You need an ideal pH of between two and three 
Well, protein, concentrated protein digestion, everything's got protein in it to a certain extent, but when it's more than 15%, it's considered to be concentrated. So whether it's chicken or fish or meat or, you know, almonds and pumpkin seeds can be close to 30, 20 to 30%, they're concentrated proteins. You go and eat them with a starch. You need a pH of four and above in the stomach for the starch to digest properly, and you need a pH of between two and three for the protein to digest properly. That's chemically impossible. I can take my glass of water. The pH of water should be seven. You go and put some lemon juice in there, and now the pH has now <clears throat> gone from seven to maybe five or four, depending on the strength of the acidity in the in the lemon. It's impossible chemically and physically to have two different pH values in one a container or the stomach at the same time. So what happens is your your stomach tries to sort this mess out, so it just secretes extra hydrochloric acid, which can cause a lot of acidity and indigestion and reflux, which is a huge problem. So if you have potatoes, salads and veg, or you have fish salads and veg, reflux, indigestion, bloating, <coughs> flatulence, all of that stuff goes. But in the process of your food fermenting, when you eat proteins and starches at the same meal, concentrated proteins and concentrated starches, you produce alcohol, which is a natural sterilizing agent. It's going to upset your friendly bacteria. You produce acetic acid, which is a natural sterilizing agent. That's strong vinegar. And you produce ammonia, which can also be used as a natural sterilizing agent. So you're producing three substances from fermentation of the food that will upset your friendly bacteria. They can irritate your mucous membranes and cause inflammation in the gut. So it's important to not be mixing like we've been taught. We've been taught to eat all our food groups together at a meal because it suited the agricultural department in the United States after the Second World War. They needed to get the economy going. So instead mm. of telling people to eat simply, they said eat something from every food group at the same time. And we now know that that's not a smart thing to do. Keep it simple. Have a have a rice dish with a, with mushroom risotto as opposed to something that's got meat in it. Um, <clears throat> have your chicken and your fish with a baked butternut and a nice salad or some avocado. But to keep your gut healthy and functioning properly and get rid of a lot of digestive problems, including balancing your gut, make sure that you're not eating concentrated proteins and starches at the same meal at the same time and leave about four hours between. So if you've had proteins and and salads and um, neutral vegetables for lunch, for supper, you can have baked potatoes or a rice dish or a pasta dish with some salads and some veggies. It's not that complicated. It actually makes your life easier. When you think about um, it, it sounds so interesting. How many people <coughs> eat rice and chicken every single night for supper or rice and a and a protein is a common it's a common thing we all eating well not we all but people are eating tuna sandwiches or burgers you know everything's the protein and the carbohydrate together and think of it the second the the top selling over the counter medication is painkillers the second one is is digestive aids yes so so yes we do people that are on a gavascon <laughs> yeah we're all living on digestive aids and nobody's yeah. stopping and thinking in the medical physiology textbooks actually tell you <clears throat> proteins digest best between two and three and then you turn three or four pages and it tells you carbohydrate but nobody's putting it together saying hey we've got a problem here so just basic chemistry would teach us like that's not a smart idea to do um, and you find that your life is very comfortable your energy levels go up because you don't have all this energy focus on the stomach trying to sort out this mess all your digestive problems go hey, it's pretty amazing and it's a very easy way to correct your gut so that you don't have to live on probiotics
Well, there you have it. Um, you know, we can speak about the gut forever and ever, and maybe Marianne, we can do another one. We didn't even touch half <laughs> of what Fagy wanted to talk about. Um, we have to wrap up. Before that, how does somebody get hold of you, or if they're interested in learning more of your of your you know in your way of living, how can they they contact you? Okay, uh, they can go to info at wholeworldwell.com or they and they can also look at our website which is um, www.wholeworldwell.com and we get I've got programs if people are needing help there's 30 day detox program 100 days to health and the 365 which is a whole year and I meet with you every week while you're on those programs to answer your questions on Zoom and one of the things that COVID did was create a whole new way of actually helping people. And this way we're helping people all over the world at the same time. So Brilliant. you're welcome to get onto those programs. Well, just and so you know, Marianne, it definitely is working. We've had a few people come to us and say, we've started the Marianne 100 days to help and we're going to the 365 days now. So well done, it's going all around. Yeah. And it is, it's changing people's it's, lives because they're taking the information and doing something with it. They, they're the heroes, actually. You're there you go, and you, you, yeah. you, you too, you two are in hero because uh, you're motivating us. We thank you again for giving us of your invaluable time. Um, it's certainly we've got like lots of questions. Maybe we can make an, a, you know another discussion on it because again, um, you know it is understood that our gut health has so many ramifications. So thank you for your participation. Thank you, Fagi, for always being by my side. And thank you to all our listeners. 101.9 Chai FM will be back next week. Chai FM, your station of choice since 2008.